0: You're listening to a message from Spindle City Vineyard. Connect with us or find out more at spindlecityvineyard.com. My name is Susanna. Dan already introduced me. But I'm on the preaching team here. um, And I'm in charge of today's sort of activities for the next half an hour or so. So if if you're new here this morning, um, we are working our way as a church family through the entire Bible. We're reading it as one big story of God pursuing um, a family. And we just finished a series, a mini-series on the book of Psalms. And today we are going to finish that series by writing our own psalm in response to what we learned from the book of Psalms. And on the last three messages we spent on psalms, we really explored the content of these books, the purpose and the context. And our main discovery was that these 150 psalms or short poems and songs divided into five books, really what they do for people who read them and sing them is they create a space to meet with God, a space where you can come and meet with God in any season of life, in any situation, and you can encounter him honestly and vulnerably. So I'm going to lead you through that same process of creating a space with you and God where you can encounter him in your words, in the melodies that you're writing, and you can be honest and vulnerable. And so I'm not going to say, oh, just write it, guys. What I'm going to do is I'm going to use a particular psalm, Psalm 23, as a model for our own psalm. And I'm going to walk you through Psalm 23, and then I'm going to have you write a psalm of your own modeled or based on Psalm 23. So you're going to have a very clear example in front of you. You're going to have me lead you through that psalm, And then you're going to sort of write your own version of Psalm 23 that's personal and customized to you and your life. Okay? So nobody sit there thinking, oh my gosh, I just have to sit down and write a psalm suddenly. No, no, no. We're going to have an example. You're going to have a lot of support from me, and we're going to go through and see how the psalmist did it in the 23rd psalm and then how we can do it this morning. So who's excited? Terry, Terry, that's awesome because Terry was nervous about having to write. But sh- if she's in, everybody should be in. Awesome. All right. You should also know that I, I, uh, my profession is actually uh, a high school English teacher. So Amy's like, great. So I have a lot of experience leading people who don't want to write, i.e. teenagers, into writing. Okay. And I really love this. So I'm, I'm confident I can help you accomplish what you need to accomplish. Okay. Okay. So the first thing we want to go through, and you should have your little psalm writing workshop sheet in front of you, there's some fill-in-the-blanks. I want the slide that says, what is a psalm? So before we write, we need to know what we are writing. So what is a psalm? Okay, next slide, please. So a psalm is really, that word comes, is the English word that comes from the Greek translation of the Hebrew word, mizmor. Can you say mizmor? Mizmor. And it just means a melody of praise. Okay, that's what a psalm is. And actually, if you go to the next slide, psalms were written, they were intended to be sung. Okay, I'm not gonna ask you to sing today, but they were initially written as lyrics. And here's a couple pictures of David singing some of the psalms that he wrote um, and then playing his, what instrument is that? The The lyre or the harp, as he sang these songs. So they are intended to be sung, but don't worry, you can still capture that musical quality in your writing today. So it can kind of sound lyrical and poetic even as you write it down and don't sing it. Okay, hello, Georgia. So here we go. There's three things I want you to keep in mind as you write this morning. And this is the fill in the blank section where it says notes. Okay, do you have your pen ready? So these are things we need to keep in mind as we're writing. The first one is point of view. Okay, this is your view of the world. The world is governed by a powerful, good God who responds to human prayers and praise. As you write, this is the view that you have of God and the world, that he is good, that he's powerful, and that he responds to human prayer and praise, that he's going to respond to you this morning as well. Okay, so that's your view of the world as you write. And that was the view of the psalmist as they were writing. Okay, the second thing you need to keep in mind is the voice. The voice that you're going to be using. Now, the psalmist in the Psalms and you this morning as a psalmist, you are directly addressing God. You get to call him whatever you want this morning and you get to use the words you and me and us. You can directly address God and you are using your unique voice for communication. So as you write, you are the psalmist, this is your view of the world, and you are directly addressing God in your unique voice. No one else can write the psalm that you're going to write this morning. And the third thing to keep in mind is imagery. Now, you might remember this word from English class long ago. But imagery is really simply word pictures. It's language that hits, strikes your imagination and generates a picture. or or an idea or a memory. Word pictures engage the senses, sight, sound, smell, sense, touch. They deepen understanding of the text or what you're writing and they build new connections in your brain. So it's really important to keep in mind as you're writing to focus on images, imagery, because you're creating word pictures that deepen your understanding of what you're saying and building new connections with past experiences or pictures or things in the world around you. Okay, we good? We got the blanks filled in? You're good, okay. Chris is just being sassy back there. All right, so here we go. Three more things to keep in mind as we write. So can you see that little table? All right, so there are three things in writing that are really good for creating word pictures, the imagery I just described, okay? And here are the three. Metaphor, raise your hand if you've heard of a metaphor before. Yes, Malaika, yes, Jalen, okay, metaphor, and that is when you are directly comparing one thing to another, direct comparison between two separate things. All right, so if I say, "Then is the bomb, is Dan actually a bomb? No, but I'm using a metaphor to show you that Dan is awesome or to use that sort of idiom, Dan is the bomb means Dan's great, right? So, (laughs) same thing apparently. All right, so if it's an extended metaphor, it just means you carry on that comparison for a little bit of time. Okay, you don't just say Dan is the bomb, I go on to describe Dan doing awesome bomb things. All right, the next thing is contrast. So you have two opposing images And you put them side by side to highlight their differences. Okay, that's a really good way to bring imagery to mind is you have two separate things or two different things and you put them together to create a nice contrast to show their difference, to highlight how they're different. And the last thing is, who can read that last word in the box? Personification. Personification, good. And that is when you give human characteristics to something that is not human. Okay, so the clouds cried. Do clouds cry? No, well, but it's rain. Yeah, it's just me trying to get you to see a cloud pouring out rain as if it was crying. I don't think clouds can really cry. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Okay, so I want you now to look to the right side of that page. And can you see Psalm 23? Okay. So what I'm going to do before we write is I'm going to take you through that psalm and I'm going to show you how the psalmist is using these things to create images, okay? So I'm going to show you how he's doing it so that when it becomes your turn to do it, you feel a little bit more confident. Ready? All right. So, first line please. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. Any of those three devices from the table happening, can you see them? Metaphor, personification, or contrast? Metaphor, right? Can you see that? The Lord is my shepherd. So is the Lord actually a shepherd down in the fields taking care of sheep? No, but he's drawing that comparison. The Lord is my shepherd. So if you want to write a little note on your paper, you can. Metaphor, circle. The Lord is my shepherd. He made a direct comparison between God and a shepherd. Okay? Next line, please. He makes me lie down in green pastures he leads me besides quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Thank you. All right. So that second part is the metaphor extended. Do you see how a shepherd is doing the green pastures bit? He's leading beside the this quiet waters. He's bringing refreshment. Do you see the metaphor extending, the comparison continuing? Okay. Excellent. Next part, please. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. And the next one, please. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Can anyone find two more devices in those last two sections there, last two stanzas? Contrast between what? Um, The peacefulness of the shepherd and the dark valley. Excellent. Okay, so there's a contrast there between uh, the green pastures and the still water and then the dark valley. So you can circle that and call that a contrast. I also think I would say there's a contrast between right path and the valley, right? He's leading into the right path, but then there's a contrast to the darkest valley. And there's one more in there. There's some contrast, and then there's one more in there, Krista, she's on the phone now, but she I think she was onto something. Is there one other device? Yeah. Barb? Personification. Personification, yeah. And where is that happening? When talking about the, the rod and... Exactly. Can uh, a shepherd's stick comfort you? Can it go around you like a fuzzy blanket? No, not really, because it's just a piece of wood, right? But we're personifying it. We're saying the rod and the staff The shepherd's stick is bringing comfort. So he's creating an image in your mind. He's bringing comfort together with staff. And even though it doesn't work literally, it's giving you the idea that it's comforting to have him there with his weapon, with his staff, with his walking stick. All right, so that's personification. All right, next slide, we're nearly there. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Any of those three devices here? Another metaphor. Great, Matt. For what? The table. Mm-hmm. The table could be a metaphor. Yep. Or could we potentially, has God changed from a shepherd to some sort of host? Right? You're at his table. He's bringing you a meal. He's blessing you and anointing you with oil. So now he's changed from a shepherd to kind of be in that position of host. So there's another metaphor there. A little bit of contrast too. You're sitting and having a meal while your enemies are watching you. A little bit of contrast between the peace and provision of the table and these bad guys right next door. Okay. And last stanza. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Do you see any other devices happening there of the three on the table? Excellent. Goodness and love, sort of, when I hear a follow, I see someone walking, sort of, coming after me. So goodness and love are abstract, aren't they? So to say that they follow you is to personify them. Goodness and love are following you. They're right behind you, and so they're helping you create that image of that's how close they are, always behind you, like a shadow. And then do we have the host metaphor again of dwelling in his house, right? He made you a meal. He blesses you and anoints you, and now you get to stay at his house. We have that metaphor of God as a host. All right. How are we doing, class? Feeling pretty good? All right. So the psalmist used those three things, and now we're going to transition into writing our own psalm, And I have some questions to guide you. But first, I wanted to uh, pray and share something with you really quickly. So if we could go to the slide, Logan, that has the Mother's Day page on it. Okay, I don't know if you guys can see this. But I really felt God wanted me to share something with you this morning. Many of you will know on Mother's Day, kids do like a cute little craft or card for their mom. Yep. Yep. And I got one from Killian, and I felt God spoke to it through me, and he wanted me to share with you it this morning. And so he filled in the blanks um, about me with his teacher. And when I saw that little piece of paper peeking in the bag, I felt such a surge of excitement and curiosity. I was, like, desperate to know what Killian had written about me. Genuinely. Genuinely. And so I opened the page and I just felt so much thrill just seeing his little responses. Now, I don't know if you can see, but he was able to he was not able to know how old I was. He said I had green eyes and blonde hair and my job was at church. She loves to eat, I don't remember, he said. Her favorite drink is coffee. <laughs> he knew that. And then she's really good at I don't remember. She always says, I love you. And then in terms of what makes me happy and what I'm super why I'm super, he didn't know. <laughs> so when I saw those I don't knows or like he didn't have a response, I did not feel sad and I did not feel mad. I just simply thought, that'll come. Maybe he didn't know. He hadn't registered those things about me. Maybe he didn't want to tell his teacher. He felt they were private. Or maybe he just... Didn't feel like saying those things at that time. It didn't really matter. What I did was I just treasured what he had written and I had grace for what he hadn't. And I felt like God was saying that to us this morning. He was saying, you are like Killian to Susanna. Here you come this morning and you're going to give me a little offering this morning as your mother, as your father, right? And you're going to write about me and I am going to be so thrilled at even one word that you can get down. And what Susanna feels when she opened that silly page from Killian is what I feel times a thousand times a million when I see what you're going to write for me this morning. And I am so excited and so curious to see your perspective on me. So if there's anybody in this room that is feeling like I'm going to fail at this, I want to break that off. Or, if there's anyone in this room that says, I'm really scared, I don't know what to write, and this is intimidating, I want to break that off as well. And I want to pray right now. Holy Spirit, would you come and fill this room with creativity, with freedom, and would you give people a deep sense right now, God, that you are with them and you love them, and whatever goes down on the page, whether it's an I don't know or I can't remember or just one or two words, that they would know that you are so thrilled that they're here and this is like an offering of love this morning from your children and I just release the ability to write and express and think and imagine I release it into the room and I pray for a really wonderful fun time of writing a psalm together amen all right now you're going to move over to your sheet here okay We'll put some music on in the background. I'm going to lead you through this first, and then I'm really just going to have you write. I'll stop at intervals and check in. And then for ministry time, it would be wonderful if a few of you might share what you have written, even if you don't get to finish the whole thing, just a couple of lines. And if we're not ready to do that, we can share at our table. But the sense in the prayer room this morning was that God wanted us to testify to each other who he had been in our lives and what he had done so that we could build faith for each other and we could actually release um, some hope and encouragement into the room. God wanted to fill you up, and it might be that he uses your brother and si- brothers and sisters in this room and their writing to do that for you. So we'll get there when we get there, but it would be great in ministry time to share, either at your table or with the person next to you, or even if you're brave, to come up to the front and read what you've written. Okay? All right, so I'm just going to you, lead you through the questions, and then I'll really let you let you go to write. So get your piece of paper in front of you. And could we get to the next slide, please, Logan? He's coming. All right. So these little stanzas here, these groups of lines, correspond exactly with Psalm 23. They're kind of broken into the same parts as Psalm 23. Next one. Next one. Sorry. Boop, 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 boop. So, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing, the metaphor there. I really felt like to help you start to think, the question that was answering was, who is God to you in this season? Yeah? In that season for the psalmist, the Lord was his shepherd. Okay? So as you write, you're going to be asking yourself, hmm, who is God to me in this season? And I'm going to give you a list of metaphors on the board in case you get stuck. All right. And then the next line where he goes on to say, he makes me lie down. Really, your next lines are going to be, how is God taking care of me? Who is he? How is he taking care of me? And so you're going to write down a couple of ways he's taking care of you. If you want a challenge, try to do three. Because the psalmist did three. Green pasture, still waters, stores my soul. Then the next question, where he says he guides me along paths, you're going to ask yourself, hmm, what journey am I on with him? What journey am I on with God? And you're going to write on those lines, just like the psalmist did. You lead me and pass, write pass for his namesake. sake. You're going to write something simple. Where is God leading you right now? What journey are you on with him? Then the next two sections are really the bit about the dark valley and the enemies and the meal. Really, I felt like he was saying, how, how is being with him, God, in contrast with other things that are happening in my life, other experiences, other relationships? How is the experience of him, the comforting staff, the meal, the host shepherd, in contrast to all the other stuff that 's going down in my life that doesn 't feel comforting or like a nice meal, right the dark valleys, the enemies, the things that are encroaching the things that threaten you, so that bit can be you know you can really copy what he what he did and plug in your own information, or you can kind of freelance here and so how, how is being with God different than being with other people or experiences in my life. And then lastly, you're going to close with, surely goodness and mercy will follow me. I'll, I'm ending up in God's house. Your own way of sort of, what does my future look like with him? What promise can I hold, hold on to right now? And I think the Lord's really going to release that information to you. What does my future look like with God? For the psalmist, it was, you know what? Goodness and mercy are right behind me and I'm headed to his house. Yep. For you, it might be something else. It probably will be something else, but that's what you're ending the psalm looking forward. What does my future look like with him and what promise can I hold on to this morning? Okay? All right. If we could go back to, there's a page and it has loads of metaphors for God and you can totally steal one of these. These have already been used in the Bible. So if you're like, oh my gosh, what comparison am I going to make for God this morning? Well, choose one of these and then extend it through your psalm. So you could go with, the Lord is my strength. Yeah? He helps me when I'm weak. And you can develop that. Or the Lord is my friend. Perhaps he is a friend to you right now. Or a mother bird. Somebody compared him to a mother bird with his wings over you like you were his little chickies. Or he could be a shield or a father or a judge. You can use any of these or you can go rogue and you can come up with one yourself. But we have, let's say, 10 minutes. And get through as much as you can, but a couple minutes, I would say, on each section, asking yourself that question. I really think the Holy Spirit is going to release some ideas to you, some words and phrases. You keep Psalm 23 right next to you. If you want to literally just plug in your own information following his exact words and phrases, go ahead. If you want to go a little different, you can. But you're working your way down, asking yourself these questions, filling in the lines, and using Psalm 23, the metaphor, the word pictures, and the contrast and personification to help inspire you to write something new, to write something poetic and creative. Is everybody clear on what we're doing with the next 10 minutes? Yeah. Yeah? If you get stuck, you can ask the person next to you, like, oh, I just can't think of this word. Can you help me? Yeah? All right. I'm going to kind of be going around and checking on folks. Could we have some very low music on in the background, please? Just turn it right down. Perfect. So I'm going to check in with you at 1140, okay? And I'll come around to help you. If you're online, we're having everybody write for the next 10 minutes um, their psalm. And you're welcome to join us in that based on the sort of instructions and feedback you saw on the slide there. So you can have a piece of paper out in front of you and Psalm 23 in front of you and you can work your way through it. Thank you, everyone. Let's give all of us a round of applause. Um, Okay, I'm just going to pray with us to close. If you want to take your psalm home, please do. If you want to show it to anybody else or keep working on it, go ahead. So, Lord, we just thank you for the words that came this morning, the memories that were brought to mind and the images that were created, Lord. We just pray that people um, would be filled with your spirit, with your goodness, with your love, and that they would leave this place, like the psalmist, just so aware of what they can praise you for and also pray to you for as you continue to provide and be with them.